0: To Mom Podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. <music> Devotion. Quiet time, morning time, personal worship, Bible study, daily devotions, meditations. The idea of spending time with God and his word has taken on quite a few different monikers over the years. Perhaps it's just semantics, for really, whatever name is used, the act of personal worship usually looks about the same. But it's been my experience that sometimes it's the name that I get hung up on. As I've mentioned here before, the words quiet and mourning seem to feel like a weight to me. My house is only quiet for what feels like two seconds in any given 24-hour period, and there have definitely been seasons in my life when meeting God in the afternoon or evening was just more meaningful. So should that count as a loss? I don't think so, but that doesn't mean that I don't also feel the pressure to get it right or else, as if it was just another box to check in the day, a religious duty rather than a relationship delight. Maybe I'm making a gross assumption, but I have a sneaking suspicion that I'm not the only one who feels this way sometimes, that the idea of daily devotions can seem daunting or even maybe even just like another to-do. It makes me feel laden with guilt sometimes. Well, I'm here today with one of my personal mentors, Kate Battistelli, and we're going to talk about personal time in the Word. September isn't able to join us, but we've actually got another mom filling in here at the table. We're joined today by Asherita Chuchu, founder of The One Thing Alone Ministries and author of several Christian women's resources, including her latest book, which actually hit shelves today. It's called Bible and Breakfast. Welcome, Asherita, and congratulations on the birth of your book baby today. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, ladies. It's my joy to be here. We're glad to have you. Can you just tell us a little bit about you and your family for those listeners who aren't familiar? Sure. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. Was, actually, my
1: parents were missionaries in Romania, so spent some time here in the States and some time over there, and that's actually where I met my childhood sweetheart, Laviu. Um, boys still had cooties in fifth grade, but I got over that eventually. <laughs> and we have been married now for over nine years. And we have three wonderful children, um, ages six to one. So uh, they keep me hopping. <laughs> but um, it's just been a joy to grow with them. And um, really, this topic is so dear to my heart, because kind of like you said, Jamie, it's The idea of having quiet time is just non
0: existent in my life. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely resonate with that. Glad to know I'm not the only one. Well, I had the privilege of getting a sneak peek at your book. And oh, you guys, if you're listening, it is just packed full with lovely recipes and ideas. What I love about it is it's not just practical, it's really pretty. It's a beautiful book with with wonderful photographs that will really want to make you make all of the recipes in its pages. And we're going to unpack Bible and breakfast in just a minute. But before we do, I just want to take a few minutes and talk about the importance of spending time in the word, because we're all busy moms. We certainly don't need one more to do on the daily docket. So why should we carve out time each day to spend personally with God? Kate, what do you think?
2: You know, for me, it's the only way to survive. Also, Jesus set the example for us by consistently getting away alone to pray and be with his father. Now, I don't have little ones at home anymore as my daughter is grown with kiddos of her own, so I have plenty of quiet time. But I do deal with some issues like a lot of the listeners, like anxiety, occasional depression. And honestly, that time alone with the Lord reminds me daily who I am in Christ, strengthens my resolve to fight my battle with his powerful word. And I I often will just take little three by five cards and write out those relevant scriptures that are really speaking to me in whatever season I'm in and I just carry them around so I can pull them out and you know when you're at a stoplight I can stop and read a scripture read the word that will continue to fill my mind and you know we all need that little boost of holy confidence but at this point I think because I've been spending time with him daily for so many years it's just become a holy habit I rarely miss but here's the thing I don't think God really cares when we pray, but he does care that we pray, that we spend that time with him every day. There's no hard and fast rule saying you have to be up early for God to pay attention to you. I mean, whenever is perfectly fine with him because he knows. He's aware you're a mom with kids at home. He understands the season you're in and though it would be nice to have that quiet time in the morning, it's just not always feasible, especially if you have little ones in the house.
0: Mm -hmm. And you do have little ones, Asherita. So what do you think is the central uh, focus or why is spending time in God's word so important?
1: I mean, I I echo what Kate said. Um, I think it is the one thing that changes everything. Psalm 1611 tells us in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore and i think a lot of us especially those who've grown up in the church might have um guilt associated to quiet time because it's either not long enough or we're not doing it the right way or we're not doing everything inductive study and intercessory prayer and practicing gratitude and this and that and so the practice of it can feel overwhelming And um, just burdened with guilt and shame. And the opposite is true. Jesus welcomes us into his presence. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that really is what we're talking about today. It's not yet another thing to add to your to do list, it's not primarily about when you do it, whether it's morning or evening or lunchtime, or on your commute, or while you walk the dog. There are so many ways to connect with Jesus. There's no one-size-fits-all formula because God created us one of a kind, and he wants that relationship with us, and I think that's what we're going to get into as we continue this conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. As a recovering legalist, that is so freeing because I'd say when I first became a believer as a teenager and started out my daily relationship with Jesus. I think my, my starting point was that I just wanted to form some good biblical literacy and that's not a bad reason. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to be able to give a reason as scripture says for the hope that I have in Christ. And so digging deeply in the word each day, I think did prepare me for that and give me a head knowledge. But then as I went along, it did become a bit of a habit and a to-do, a checklist, which um, if you're a recovering legalist, you know, is just a weight around your neck. Even if the motive is good, um, it becomes more like a pressure than yeah. a delight, and and so as I've gotten older, I can see I want to spend time in the Word because I want to delight in Him. If I'm a part of the church, I'm a part of the Bride of Christ, and just like as a bride to my husband, I I love to spend time with Him to build that relationship. And I also know that that relationship really would fizzle without that time spent. I feel like that has really changed the trajectory of my time that I spend with with him in his word when I can come to his table with delight instead of, you know, all the other good, but maybe not the best reasons for doing so.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we have to be careful um, in how we use language because it's easy, especially for those of us who have grown up in church to feel like habit is a Dirty word, <laughs> uh, because of that legalism. But um, just this past week, I was I was just in prayer and thinking about this topic and this idea of legalism. Um, it is not that we add to our righteousness, because. Um, we start by remembering Jesus' finished work on the cross. We're not adding to our righteousness. We rest in his righteousness. But let's not let fear of legalism keep us from developing spiritual rhythms that can anchor us in Christ, especially during busy seasons. I think sometimes we think that spontaneity has to be uh, like the standard for an authentic relationship. But I know that if I didn't have built-in habits with my husband, Um, that spontaneity wouldn't get us very far. (laughs) So we need both. We need spontaneity in relationships, and that applies to our relationship with Christ. We also need habits that anchor us, that are dependable, so that when we don't feel like showing up, we still show up, not because we have to, but because we know that habit will anchor us and will carry us through some of those difficult seasons.
0: Oh, that's so good. And we've actually talked about that at length, haven't we, Kate, on the on the podcast with regard to building a habit of devotions in our children and helping them cultivate that habit. And with the idea that if you form that habit, then spending time in God's word will just become like the air that you breathe. You won't have to think about it. It's just something that you do. Um, It doesn't necessarily diminish the delight, but like you said, it forms that habit and establishes it for those days when maybe it you don't want to do it, or maybe it feels like too much is on my plate, or that it would just be easier to let this slip and slide. Yeah, very good points. What do you think are the biggest hurdles for moms when it comes to spending time in the wordy show? You touched on one, Ashrita, about just you know feeling the guilt of it or feeling like it's mm-hmm. a legalistic thing if it's not um, if it doesn't feel authentic. But what do you think are some other ones?
1: Yeah, well, I would say by far the number one reason it. Is- or hurdle is overwhelm. And this just comes from t- talking to moms. Um, and that overwhelm can manifest itself through this feeling of I don't have time. Um, I'm too busy to sit down and do this long Bible study. Um, and also like I don't know how to study my Bible. Like, I sit down and, and I literally don't know what to do. Like I open it up and where do I go from there. Um, and I think part of the problem can be that we have a formulaic approach to quiet time. Um, and that's part of what makes us feel stuck because if I think my quote unquote quiet time or daily devotions or Bible study, whatever you want to call it, has to be 30 minutes long in order to count. And I'm using air quotes for that. Then if I only have five minutes, then I feel like, oh, I I don't have time. I'll just put it off until I do. And as any busy mom will tell you, there's never a perfect time (laughs) to sit down and do it. And at the end of the day, when we're exhausted, sometimes it's just easier to pull out our phones and scroll social media or binge watch a Netflix show because it feels like it takes effort to bring ourselves to the word and to God's presence. So those are all very real hurdles. um, And I think we can talk through some of those, but that's kind of my passion is to help women overcome those hurdles, to enjoy time with Jesus every day, to be creative and consistent in the way that they spend time with him. And I would say it, I mean, we'll get into this, but it doesn't have to be long to count.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you, Kate? Because you're in a different season than Asherita and I are, and you don't necessarily have the little ones at pulling, you know, on your apron strings, drawing you away from that time. But everybody has hurdles to overcome. So what would you say in your season of life do you find is the biggest hurdle keeping you from that time?
2: I think for me, it's just become so much of a habit at this point. I I do feel guilty if I try to do something else before. I mean, even exercise, get on Instagram. I feel like Jesus gets the very beginning of my day, but I have a little more freedom. I don't have a four-year-old needing breakfast. you know. And my husband and I, we don't eat breakfast anyway. So all those things can be put to the side at this season in life, which is a blessing. But um, I think that one of the things that I've realized is that God understands. He is not standing there pointing his finger at you, going, you know, why didn't you get in the word today? He doesn't do that. He gives grace. So don't forget to give it to yourself. I mean, it can be as simple as finding a good word-based podcast, something that focuses on the word. You can listen to it while doing laundry, prepping breakfast, or you know, making lunches, getting ready for the day. We don't want to be legalistic in our approach, but at the same time, we do want to follow the example Jesus set for us, which was he got away with his father as often as he could. But One thing you might consider just to kind of keep your mind focused on the Lord is just keep worship music playing during the day. It can set a real beautiful atmosphere of praise and remind you during the day of his presence because I'm convinced he hears every whispered prayer, even the hurried and the harried ones and as moms, we have those.
0: Absolutely. So Kate, you just said um, that you have gotten at your age into a habit and it's not something you necessarily think about, but you might feel a little guilty if you, if you did something else at that time. I think for Asherita and I, or at least the generation that we are in, like she had alluded to, the word habit kind of feels like a four-letter word when placed with spiritual formation. And that can sometimes trip women up. We think that it doesn't count. Um, So should daily devotions become a spiritual habit? And if so, what are some tips that we can give a mom for how she can form that habit and maybe not feel like it's a four-letter word? Hmm. Yeah, well, as, as Kate was sharing
1: about, you know, maybe not having a lot of time, the passage that came to mind is where Jesus is in the temple with his disciples and a widow comes and puts in two, just that widow's might, right, two coins into the offering. And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, that woman has given more than these men who come and pour treasures into it. and the Lord used that in, in a, right when I started out this journey of motherhood, right when Carissa, my firstborn, was born, to remind me that it's not about the length of time that I have. It's about my heart attitude, right? When I don't have a lot of time, when all I can give is five minutes, if I give those five minutes joyfully and generously, that counts more. Than someone else giving little or much out of their season because God looks at the heart, and I love what Kate said about giving us grace. As far as it being a spiritual habit, um, I mean, I brush my teeth every day. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> I do it whether I feel like doing it or not because it's become part of my routine. Um, and at one point, I put my Bible in in my bathroom on the vanity, and I. Started out okay. I'm going to read through the Psalms, and even if I only read a verse or two while I brush my teeth, it's something that I can do at the same time. Um, and I read through the Psalms in about a half year, just brushing my teeth <laughs> and letting my my eyes rest on the page. And it wasn't this in depth study. It wasn't like all of heaven's opened up and I heard the angels sing. But it was starting my morning with Jesus. Um, and this part of this is rooted in behavior science Um, so three steps that i encourage women to kind of think through as they think about forming spiritual habits Um, one is to keep your habit tiny Um, studies show that the smaller the increment of change is the more likely we are to keep with it for long term so instead of saying i'm going to read through the bible this year and i'm going to read three or four verses every day That might not be realistic. So instead, start with read a verse a day. Um, Make it tiny. And then, if you have time to do more, if you want to read more, you can absolutely read more. Um, But if not, if you just read that one verse, then you have accomplished that habit for the day and then you can move on. So that's step one. A second step is, as I already alluded to, to link it up to an already established habit. So if you brush your teeth consistently, Hopefully you do. <laughs> Although no judgment, there have been days when I have not, um, just because the kids come running in. Like I open my eyes and they're there. I don't know how they have the sixth sense, but if you have an established habit, whether it's brushing your teeth, eating breakfast, making coffee, or maybe it is your morning commute if you're a working mom, and you know, okay, every day at this time I'm going to get in the car, I'm going to drive to work. Um, it might be dropping kids off at school. Um, or picking them up in the carpool line. Whatever that consistent habit is in your life, try to link a new tiny spiritual habit to it, and you will be more consistent. So that's step two. And step three is to celebrate your wins. And um, this is just a little bit of psychology, but our brains are wired to continue to pursue things that feel good. Um, That's why you can never eat one Oreo cookie. You will finish off the row <laughs> because it feels good. So when we celebrate our wins and we say, you know, I um, read one verse each day with breakfast this week and I'm going to celebrate that. Or I did it five days out of seven and that's more than I've done in the past. Take a moment to praise Jesus for that, for, to thank him for the work that he's doing and to celebrate that you're making progress. And the more you do that, the more you will be able to build consistency in this habit. Now we can talk about ways to make it fun and creative, um, but habits don't have to be boring and they don't have to be legalistic and they don't have to be life draining. Um, Instead, God has built us and our brains to gravitate toward habits so that we won't have to spend as much mental energy to try to think, okay, what am I going to do now? So as a busy mom, habits are your best friend. <laughs> rhythms and routines are something to be celebrated and embraced. Um, and I just love helping women incorporate more of these spiritual rhythms and routines into their day.
0: That's really good, Ashrita. It's interesting that you should use that example of brushing your teeth. I was just talking to my 15-year-old daughter yesterday and use that exact example in relationship with, to, to this idea of of legalism and establishing habits, because like I said, I started my walk with Christ probably, you know, pounding out a huge rhythm of legalism. And it's not that now I do many things different. It's that my motive is so different from when I was doing it way back then. Um, And I was talking to her about, you know, I started out brushing my teeth as a child because I wanted to have you know, clean teeth. I didn't want to have uh, cavities and dentures by the time I was 20. I don't necessarily think about those things now every day as I'm brushing my teeth. It's just become a habit. But if I stop and think about them, I still feel that way about my teeth. I don't want to have cavities. I want to have a nice smile. So just because you don't necessarily think about your reasons why, just because it's become a habit every day to spend time with God, doesn't necessarily mean that you've fallen into a legalistic rhythm. It just means that um, you don't have to think about it. It's just become a habit. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. What do you think, Kate?
2: Well, I agree with you girls. I love the idea of just, just something simple when you're brushing your teeth. It's brilliant. But and you know, on you version they 've got that verse of the day, if that 's all you get, just and that comes in the morning, that comes early, you just flip your phone on that thing's there if you sign up for it, and sometimes that 's all I get, you know if it 's just a busy season, and I just can 't take the time that that I normally want to take, but I mean, I think you have to start somewhere you can there are great devotionals out there, Asheritas is beautiful, I think it's a wonderful. Um, resource for all of us. Plus, you get all the recipes, which is awesome. Um, it's just, you can set a reminder on your phone. If you know there's a certain time during the day where you always do have five minutes, set that reminder so that you can, you know, just get started on that habit. Um, for some of you, you have the ability to get up 15 minutes earlier than your kids. So you have that time. I mean, I remember. I think that when your children see that it's important to you, it will become important to them as they get older. And I remember when my daughter was young, she knew she'd get up in the morning. I was always out in the family room, reading my Bible, doing my devotion. She began to join me as she got older. And we had some of our best conversations just over coffee and devotion time with the Lord. So, you know, and I just treasure those times. But I think You just have to pray and take a few minutes wherever you can. It might be in the carpool line or making lunches or folding laundry, whatever. You don't have to rise with the dawn, have perfect silence and beautiful music and a lit candle to worship God. I mean, he knows. He knows your mom with kids that are pulling at you every which way. But do it whenever you can, but just do it because know that wherever you do it, wherever you are, he's there. He's right with you.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Astrid, I want to get back to something that you said a couple minutes ago about um, finding a spark and adding some, what I like to call jazz hands so that that habit that you formed each day doesn't begin to feel like a drudgery. Do you have any suggestions for the mom who wants to feel that spark, that va, 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 boom again in her her daily walk with the Lord? And really, is that even up to us?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question um, because I think for me at least when I think of legalism that's what I think of it's that dead dry um, just keeping up with the same routine that doesn't bring joy to your life Um, so the first thing that I would encourage us to think about is just remember it's a conversation right this isn't even if you open up the bible app on your phone it's not about reading the verse and then moving on right? It's not about checking a box off. It's not about patting ourselves on the back that we did the right thing and Jesus is happy with us. And now we can go our merry way and live life the way we want. This really is about having a touch point with our relationship with Jesus Christ, but continuing that conversation throughout the day. So it's not a one-sided monologue. It's uh, one thing that that has helped me is when I read scripture pause and say, okay, what does this teach me or tell me about God? Because that just reminds me that this isn't, I'm not reading the Bible to teach me primarily how to live or how to be a better mom or a better wife. This isn't a manual or a handbook. This is God's own personal revelation of who he is and he is inviting me into a relationship with him. So whatever I read, I, I pause to ask, what does this teach me about God? And then I take a moment to turn around and respond and say, okay, what do I want to say back to God? I mean, it sounds simplistic, but um, I would be embarrassed to tell you how many times I just read a verse and moved on (laughs) without pausing to talk back to him and, and to thank him for who he is or what he has done. So just that simple reminder that this is a conversation. What does this teach me about God? What do I want to say to God? Um, and, And then moving on and saying, okay, what is he calling me to do differently? And then throughout the day, remembering, meditating on that one truth, coming back to it, coming back to conversation with him, loving my children differently, loving my neighbors differently because of that touch point during the day. I think the second thing is... Uh, not just conversation, but creativity. (laughs) Um, It's so easy to get stuck in a rut and just do things the same way all the time. And one of the things that has um, just revolutionized the way I approach my time with Jesus is um, Gary Thomas's book, Sacred Pathways. And he talks about how God created each of us with um, a built-in Way that we best relate to him. And so, over the past three or four years, I've been talking about this with my readers. I put together a quiz talking about these different worship personality types because some of us will feel closer to God um, outside in nature, on the beach, on a mountaintop, just looking at God's grandeur. And others will feel closest to him um, in our living room with our study Bible and commentaries and concordances and doing this in-depth study. And when we learn something about God, that makes it come alive. And others need music or poetry, or they need to um, take different postures of kneeling in prayer or laying flat on the ground and praying before God or going for a walk and listening to the audio Bible. And what I've found over the past few years is there are so many creative ways for us to connect with God. Like I said, there's no one-size-fits-all formula for this. And so if you're feeling stuck in a rut, if you feel like your time with Jesus is dry, um, I would encourage you to check out some of these creative ways to worship him. Um, to get started, I, I have a quiz. Maybe we can link to it, Jamie, in the show notes. Um, Absolutely. But it's a quiz. To help you discover your worship personality type and then i follow up and i give you like 10 different creative things you can try out um and it really helps you remember why you're doing this in the first place um it's just so fun conversation it's a two-way conversation and creativity um, makes all the difference
0: yeah, we will definitely link to that quiz. So you can head on over to the momtomompodcast.com and the show notes for this particular episode and be able to head on over to Asherita's quiz. Uh, you who were talking about the conversation and as you were as you were sharing, Asherita, I couldn't help but think that's where we get this idea that if you read even just one verse and you can pull it apart and meditate deeply on that one verse, that will... Give you way more miles in your relationship with the Lord than, say, reading an entire chapter or a book that you just sort of gloss over and, uh, you know, read just to check off the list and say that you got it done. I love that idea that it's a continuing conversation with the Lord. Well, tell us a little bit about your book. What was the impetus for Bible and Breakfast? It's Bible and Breakfast 31 Mornings with jesus and i'll just tell our listeners since they can't see it right here as they're listening the book is kind of one part cookbook and another part bible study and devotional and it has some really interesting features in in it that i think everybody will love at least busy moms so tell us what we can expect to find when we crack it open
1: yeah well first of all this started um just from a pain point in my own life um, as a teenager, I read about this Chinese pastor that had committed to no Bible, no breakfast. So he would not eat until he had first fed his soul, and I just admired that. I was like, that is fantastic. Um, but then, as a busy mom, if I would were to apply that, I wouldn't be eating until dinner time. <laughs> like, there's just always so much demanding of our time and so instead of no bible no breakfast i thought what if i linked bible and breakfast and when i sit down because breakfast is my favorite meal like kate i don't know how you do it because i cannot skip breakfast <laughs> i just love it um, and so i thought what if i link reading the Bible with this already established habit of eating breakfast. And in 2016, I invited um, a handful of friends to join me for 31 days in October to share their favorite breakfast and their favorite Bible verse. And we had over a thousand women join us that month in this habit of reading the Bible as they eat breakfast. Um, And I've had so many readers ask me, can we bring it back? Like, can we do this 31 day challenge again? And so I was so excited when Moody offered to publish this in book format so that we can all do it together at any point during the year. Uh, But what has changed between 2016 and today is that uh, my children are now joining me in Bible and breakfast. Um, At the beginning of this year, I was just thinking, I want to model for my children an appetite for God's word. Because if I'm always trying to be alone in my quiet time, it is very possible that they will grow up never having seen me read God's word. Because mommy needs quiet. Mommy needs her time. Mom needs to be with Jesus. And those are all true. But I want to model for them what it looks like to read God's word. Um, A recent Lifeway study revealed that the number one characteristic that can predict whether or not children who grew up in the church remain in the church as young adults is how likely they were to read scripture growing up in their home. And there's no formula for parenting. There's no way to guarantee that our children will walk with the Lord. But the one trait that is most likely to keep them rooted and grounded with God is reading God's word. And so challenged by that, I started inviting my girls, Chris is six, Amelia is now three, and I invited them to join me at Bible and breakfast instead of sequestering myself and trying to be alone saying, okay, let's sit around the table and do this together. And it has become the most beautiful part of the day. Um, I had this goal at the beginning of the year that we were going to read through the gospels and we'll do like one gospel a month because generally 28 to 30 chapters, like we can do this and it, we're closing in on the end of the year and we're only halfway through Mark. <laughs> so encouragement for you, if you feel like you have these audacious goals and they don't work, we ended up keeping it tiny. Uh, we only read like a segment of of each chapter and then we make it fun, right? Going back to creativity. So it might be that I use my silly tail voices to read some of the characters or I use these exaggerated hand motions or we act it out in the living room or I use impromptu props um, like pulling out the mustard seeds to talk about the mustard seed or my essential oils to talk about the wise men and, and the gifts that they brought. And it just brings these stories to life. Because kids ask the best questions, (laughs) and it really helps us slow down. And so I've taught my children that question at the end of our time together for Bible and Breakfast. I asked them, what's one thing that you learned about Jesus today? And mamas, I can't tell you how rewarding it is to hear our little kids talk about Jesus. As if he's sitting there at the table with us, as if they were in that scene at that moment. And it has been one of the most rewarding things as a mom. And so I quit trying to have quiet time. (laughs) And instead, I embraced the chaos of the season and I invite my children to join me at the breakfast table with our Bibles open. And if For whatever reason, I I sit down and I forget my Bible. Uh, One of my kids will run and be like, "Mom, you forgot the Bible." They will keep me accountable. They don't let me skip Bible and breakfast. And so it's my joy to bring this um, spiritual habit to mamas everywhere, and to say, "You can do this. We can start tiny, um, and we can look at the conversation that we have with Jesus. We can be creative. We can invite our children into this. We can make it fun." Um, and, and those are some of the features in the book as well. So for every day, I offer a snack on the go, which is a short daily devotional. If you only have like three minutes, (laughs) it's something that you can read. It gets you in God's word. So you're not just reading what I think. Um, I want you reading God's word for yourself. And that is something that can build that habit. If you're out of the habit, just a tiny habit that snack on the go. If you have more time, and Kate, I'm looking at you, if you are in that season where um, you have the joy of spending more time with Jesus, there is a feast at the table. Um, And feast is an acronym that I developed to guide women through the inductive Bible study method. So even if you've never studied the Bible inductively, I will walk you through it and teach you how to do that. Um, So each day you can choose depending how much time you have, whether you want a snack on the go or a feast at the table, it looks at the same passage. Um, and maybe one day you have time for the feast and the next day you just do the snack. Um, so it's built in with flexibility for busy women. And then there are also 31 of my favorite breakfast recipes. And let me just say, you do not have to cook each recipe every day for 31 days. I don't think I could do that. But um, all of these are our family favorites they're kid tested and approved. Um, I have a marker for the recipes that your young kids can join you in making those as well. Um, And some of them are good for meal prepping or for freezing so that you always have something um, ready to go even for those busy mornings.
0: I love how you've been really intentional, Asherita, to sprinkle in something for everyone. That's something that I, I noticed right away when I cracked the book open. You Even within your own recipes that you've mentioned, you've, like you said, put little markers there. So that way, if for instance, your family has special dietary needs or preferences, you can be looking for those particular recipes. Or if you have lots of kids, those are marked as kid-friendly. It makes it really easy. I actually love this quote in your book. Early on, maybe the first couple pages you write, just as a nourishing snack is better than starving all morning. So a few minutes with Jesus is better than nothing at all. And I just think there's so much freedom there. It doesn't have to be feast or famine, mama's. But I do think it's good to recognize that there will be seasons in motherhood when all we really can afford within our day is a snack and that's okay. I want you to know I've read through Bible and breakfast and I really, really appreciate it. Asherita, um, I appreciate how deeply you go, even within the snack and go sections. So many devotionals for young moms, especially I think are just filled with a lot of fluffy stories And that's not really what most moms need or crave. We can handle meat if for a season, it's only really served up to us a bite at a time. I've tried a few of the recipes in the book, and let me just tell you, if you're listening, they are worth the price of admission. In fact, the blueberry and peach crumble, I think, has now been added to our regular rotation. It is a fan favorite around here in the Erickson home. Just out of curiosity, ladies, before we close out, I'm just wondering if you have any go-to household breakfast recipes that you can share. Um, Maybe one recipe that's both easy to whip up and that satisfies even your most pickiest eaters. Now, Kate, you are the, the kitchen guru around here, so I know you've got some good ones. Why don't you start us out?
2: I do. I have a, a one that I recently put up on my website. It's an almond butter granola, but it's crunchy and crispy. There's loads of nuts if you want them. You can leave them out if you need to. Dried fruit, oats, all the good, you know, coconut, all the great ingredients. And you can make up a big batch that'll last you for a week. So it's wonderful sprinkled on yogurt or just eaten with milk and berries, however you like it, or put it on your ice cream. It's really Ooh. good that way. That sounds
0: yummy. You don't have the guilt of the dessert because technically it's granola. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Asherita? What's your go-to breakfast favorite?
1: Oh, that's so hard to choose, just one. Um, But I would have to go with the freezer oatmeal chocolate chip pancakes, Um, which, I mean, what kid doesn't want pancakes for breakfast? But I... I cringe I like the nutritional disaster that pancakes can be so I took this recipe and tweaked it so that it has um oats and oatmeal and uh, we sprinkle just a few chocolate chips in it and my kids don't even eat it with syrup so they just eat like grab it like a little sandwich and they can eat it on the go and they freeze really well so I'll just make like a big batch once a month and stash them in my freezer so they're they're ready to grab and go whenever we need to
0: and that recipe is in the book, so if you're just itching mm-hmm. to know how to make those pancakes, you gotta grab her book and and I'll just mention I was really impressed Escherita with how uh whole these recipes are you know they're they're clean eats as I call them around here, um not a lot of junk, not a lot of sugar, not a lot of gluten. You've included a lot of recipes that would really satisfy even the healthiest of eaters so
1: well, thank you. That really has been um. a a struggle for me. And that was the first book that I wrote was on my journey from food addiction to finding freedom and satisfaction in Jesus and trying to teach my kids, um, how to eat well and how to feed themselves whole foods. So, um, yeah, I've tried to make them all sugar free. There are a few, um, that do have sugar, like the chocolate chip pancakes, but The kids love them. So, if you have picky eaters, if you're somewhere on your journey toward trying to eat more healthfully and feed your family more healthfully, um, I really hope this will be a resource that will help you on that.
0: And I'll just throw out one of my favorite go-to's. We like to make for a special treat breakfast banana splits. And it sounds really decadent, but really all it is is a banana, and then I top it with some yogurt and granola and fruit. And it looks like a banana split, but it's. A breakfast version, and the kids like it because they can say, Mom's serving us banana splits for breakfast. That sounds delicious. Mm, That sounds good. (laughs) So, as moms pick up your book, what do you hope will be their key takeaway? I hope that
1: moms will develop a lifelong habit that will have them enjoying time with Jesus every day, not just by themselves, but with their children, instilling this lifelong habit that will become part of their own routines when they leave our homes. Really my heart is to help overwhelmed women find joy in Jesus every day.
0: Yeah, that's really good Ashrita. What a what a great challenge for all of us and I think you've given us a resource that will definitely help us do that. Thanks so much for joining us at the table. It's really been great chatting with you. Where can folks find out more about you and maybe more about your book? Sure. Well, they can find more about the book at bibleandbreakfast.com. And you can find me on Instagram,
1: is where I usually hang out, and on Asherita. Wonderful.
0: And thank you, listeners, for carving out some time to meet with us at the table today. Remember, there's no secret formula to communing with God each day. A certain number of verses to read, or a length of prayers to pray, having time in the morning versus in the evening, it all counts. Romans 15 4 reminds us that it's through the encouragement of the scriptures that we will find our hope. And just as our physical bodies will begin to reflect the shaping of exercise, our souls will reflect the shaping of the word. Your faith will be strengthened as you open it up. You'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind as Romans 12:2 says, and you'll be armed for the spiritual battle that you're going to inevitably face either today or tomorrow or maybe even someday soon. As I close out today, I just want to leave you with a prayer from the book of Psalms. It's found in Psalm 119, verses 33 through 35, and it reads, Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight." As you continue to ponder this prayer today, ladies, I'd encourage you not to listen to the guilt messages that often accompany thoughts on devotions. God delights in spending time with you, and if you're in Christ, then you're a part of the bride, his church. He is a loving and faithful bridegroom that wants to meet with you today.